Welcome to The Fraction, your dose of ideas, discussion, and discovery in the realm of radiation therapy. March 1st marked the first ever World Championships of Treatment Planning, a timed event where some of the best physicians, physicists, dosimetrists, therapists, and engineers of the world competed simultaneously and up against a challenging time limit to produce the highest quality radiation treatment plan. We invited a number of the top performers to do interviews to share their experiences, and we were pretty excited when 14 teams from around the world responded to say, sure, we'll do that. Now, in my experience, neat things happen when you get good folks together in groups. So this time we tried something new. Instead of doing one-on-one interviews, we decided to connect in groups to sit around a big virtual table, so to speak, and talk shop. And guess what? I think it worked out great. The result is a four-part podcast series where we talk to radiation therapy experts who span the globe from the USA to Brazil, Colombia, the Netherlands, Sweden, the Russian Federation, all the way down under to Australia. In part one, we talk with two of those planning teams, one from the south of Brazil, the other from South Carolina. In fact, we start off there in Greenville, South Carolina to be exact, with medical physicist Jonathan Stenbeck. Jonathan was the overall world champion submitting the highest scoring combination of treatment plan quality and true composite dosimetric QA. When I first congratulated Jonathan, I said to him, man, you are the LeBron James of treatment planning, a message he apparently relayed to his wife, who, if not impressed, was at least highly amused. Anyway, Jonathan was happy to have won, so happy that he has even offered to narrate a live video of him reproducing his winning plan from start to finish and publish it for all to see. You're tuned into The Fraction. This has been Nelms. Let's get started. Okay, so John, you are gonna uh, you are gonna bless us with a video you make where you're sitting at your Eclipse box, and are you are you gonna emulate the process you go through um, for treatment planning? Is that what you plan to do? My plan is to just start it like it's from scratch and do in real time how I would make a plan. So probably a 45 minute or an hour long video of just what I would have done for the first run through in this case. Well, I think it's a great idea. And for those listening, let me tell you why it's really a great idea. I think I might have mentioned at some point at um, when we had the world championship running in that four hour window, uh, we, we needed to make sure all the scoring was up and live for hundreds of people around the world. So we had these little metric monitors going on. And one of them was number of scores per minute. So anytime someone hit generate score, so they would have uploaded a, an iteration score. Well, we also in our extraction software, we said, when is there a score and go ahead and record what that score was. And that's how we made those histograms that changed over time. And John, I believe, I mean, it. I think it had to be you, but I'm going to check here. We had a score that was a top 5% score within the first hour and a half and that score went on to become what was your score, that it had to be you. Yeah, I think it was. So let's just start there. I mean, and you can be specific to the world championship or just general about, you use Eclipse, right? And you're planning DMAP. I do. 
Yep, version 13, VMAT. And, and your hardware, specific, like your delivery hardware that you planned for specifically? Uh, Variant TrueBeam is what I was using for this one. All right, good. So pretty modern, but also a pretty common setup. Yeah. Somehow you were able to, within an hour and a half, get a plan score that was would have, if you had been done, been a top 5% score. So if you can kind of, I know you're going to make this training video for us, but if you can just conceptualize that for us, because that's pretty astounding. Yeah. Um, and so kind of what I did before the championship actually started was I downloaded the scoring metric and looked at the slopes of each um, metric to see where you kind of got the most points and tried to have a general idea of what the trade-offs were going to be going into it. And so, I mean, on most of these, you'd get a steep slope going up to get to good, and then from good to ideal was kind of a less point gain. And looking at the names of the structures and sort of what things were, I could kind of figure out where the main conflicts were going to be. I mean, you had the bowel space and the bone marrow. I kind of thought those were going to be the two hard ones. Um, the other ones would all kind of be ones that you could meet probably, uh, and... The PTVs were normally ones that your goal is to meet them, but if you looked at where the actual scoring metric was, you could see if you like, didn't completely get ideal on that, it wouldn't be such a big um, cost to your final score. And so going into it, I was thinking about what structures I needed to make and which um, actual targets I could cover fully. And so I had a plan going into it. And so once the data set actually became available, um, just kind of threw a few beams on. I put a little bit of thought into it, but once I put them on, I never really looked back at it. And I did um, sort of split fields on each of these. So I had some with a collimator about zero with a job lock in the middle. So I'd have one focused on one side, one field focused on the other, and then the two other fields were going to be with the collimator at 90 and again complementary fields to just kind of help shape the MLCs as close to the target as possible. So what I'm gathering here is that you really studied, so just to clarify for anyone who's listening who didn't uh, participate, we the actual patient data set was only made available when the gun started and people started planning, but the algorithm was made. So you did some advanced scouting I think you were exactly right about the challenging OARs, the, the bowel space, and the bone marrow. That, that turned out to be true, right? Those were the two bigger. Yeah, two. they were. And I mean, it wasn't a lot of extra thought. It was probably 10 or 15 minutes of just kind of like looking at them thinking, okay, if I cover the PTVs, what is going to be the biggest cost? Um, I mean, like if something's 12 points or something's two points, I want to focus on the 12. And the things that were two points, I mean, like the femoral heads, for instance. I mean, if you didn't fully meet those, you were only losing hundreds of points. So in my mind, those weren't going to be big priorities. Because if this was something that was going to take a month long as a competition, then I would have definitely, you know, focused on every little hundredth of a point. But this was just get as many points as you can as quickly as you can. Well, and it worked because not only did you get the yeah. most points for any VMAP plan, you got a lot of points very quickly, which suggests to me that you have some technique that if you know what's important, so here it was an algorithm that we provided, but in the real world, it would be a physician or a, a pro right. specific protocol or, or setup that you're 
that your clinic uses, somehow you know how to operate that optimizer. How did yeah, you, and how did you learn that? Um, I mean, honestly, the way I learned how to use the optimizer was some of the earlier plan challenges. I mean, I'd really never done a lot of plans before those. It was just when you actually have to like push something to meet a value instead of just a physician asking you to spare something. You know, you can really figure out what numbers you need to adjust, where it's most effective to do it, and yeah, I mean, it was really just a lot of trial and error. Interesting. Well, it works. And so just to remind everyone, John is going to uh, do a little private sit down. He's going to sit with his planning system. He's going to record it. And, you know, lucky for all of us, he's going to publish that video through Prono. So keep an eye out for that. We'll probably publish that at about the same time we're publishing this this interview series with the high performers. So we all look forward to that. Now we're going to step backwards a little bit. And John, just tell us, uh, introduce yourself. Where do you work? Um, What's your role at your clinic and how long have you been doing it? Let's just start there. Okay. um, Yeah. So my name is Jonathan Stenbeck. I'm a physicist at Greenville Health System in Greenville, South Carolina. And I've been here a little over three years, um, but I've been doing physics and dosimetry for almost nine years now. So that's kind of odd to say out loud. And yeah, I started in Columbia, working at a place called South Carolina Oncology Associates, and then went and worked for a consulting group in Houston for a while, and then came here. And I mean, I predominantly do physics work, you know, so machine stuff, plan checks, and then um, once or twice a week, I'll do um, some kind of treatment plan to help out with dissymmetry or whenever we're putting, I don't know, like new treatment techniques or things like that. I mean, kind of work as a physicist, but help with dosimetry when I can. That's interesting. If you had to then, so you're nine years, which is, which is nothing. Now you're making me feel old, man. Um, (laughs) If you were to kind of estimate for us, because this was a treatment planning competition, it wasn't a dose QA competition. I guess I should mention John, not only in this recent world championships, the first ever world championships, but also in, uh, the other study where we allowed people to do a, a single fraction dose QA in both both cases, John and his team did a did the dose QA with an arc check, uh, delta four or arc check, arc check, arc check. So it's true three D. Put it up there like the patient. It's got the shell of diodes with excellent results that far surpass industry standards. So John has they've done a good job at beam modeling and 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 with their delivery and dose calc verification as well. But back to my question, this was particularly a planning competition with the option for the dose QA to qualify you for the overall, which you won. Um, How much of, if you were to estimate those nine years, how much during each year percentage wise is your, is your planning role? sounds like it's small relative. Yeah. I mean, some weeks I don't do any, some weeks I do a lot. So, I mean, if I do two to four patients a month, that would probably be on average for the last three or four years. And then really none before that. Wow. So you have these skills you've de- Okay. So I'm all lear- I'm learning all this in real time. <laughs> so it's a real interesting perspective. It's not, you've mastered planning, but it's not, it's not even a daily activity for you. 
Yeah. And so I started in Pinnacle for a while. And um, yeah, so I did planning in Pinnacle occasionally when I started. And then when I came to Greenville is when I started doing planning in Eclipse. So before that, I had never really made a plan in Eclipse. I just, you know, done the physics checks, commissioning stuff, and kind of the physics side of Eclipse. Wow, that's great. Well, um, do you any of these planning techniques that you've mastered? I'm I'm assuming you have a, a dosimetry staff there who do the yep. the majority. Do you share yeah. any of those? Are they do they ask you for any of those? Are they open to the suggestions? Yeah, I mean, Tell us how that works. <laughs> yeah, and so we have a dosimetry team here of five dosimetrists, and and for the most part, they're open to suggestions and they give great feedback too. So I mean, we all kind of learn from each other. It's a pretty good system, and yeah, I mean, we're very open in the sense of like, if we think something's wrong, we'll openly tell each other, "Hey, I don't think you should do this," or they'll tell me this. What you're doing makes no sense at all. <laughs> so we have a pretty good candor between us. I mean, we just we work together fairly well most days, and so you know, when you go through hard stuff together, it's just you're able to be more open with each other. As with many things, teamwork in radiation therapy planning is extremely important. And we were joined now by William, medical physicist, Thais, his dosimetrist, and the rest of the team at Hospital Maio de Deus from Brazil. We get to know them a little bit now. We are from Brazil, from the very south of Brazil, in a city called Porto Alegre. Uh, it's a private clinic, uh, it's a small clinic, uh, I can tell, uh, we have two Linux, and the main one is a trilogy with uh, HD MLC, uh, and we have also a clinic with a portal imager. So we treat uh, around like 60 patients a day, and more than half with BMAT, and well, that's it, <laughs> I'm wow. the main physicist. And, and actually now we are together, all, all the team, with our another physicist, Adamar and Thais, with our dosimetrist. Well, that's excellent. So maybe you can real quickly just introduce yourselves real quickly. Tell us your names. Our, well, my name is William Trinca. Uh, and another physicist is Ademar Caldeira and Thais Flores. Well, excellent. It's great to meet you. Uh, this has been yeah. Nelm speaking from Prono. We also have on this uh, call Jonathan Stenbeck, who was actually our yeah. world world champion this year. So what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, we're doing like we we're putting together a podcast series where we're going to publish them and let the world start to get to know some of the most excellent treatment planning teams in the world and just have interesting discussions. So. I, I was interviewing uh, John earlier, so I'll focus these questions on the team from Brazil. Tell us how the um, how did you hear about the World Championship first of all, and then when the day came, how did you plan for it? Because you performed obviously very well. Tell us how 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 did, how was the lead up, and how did that day trans uh, 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 happen for you? I was asking Thais, uh, and she knew about the competition in our Congress, our Medical Physics Congress of Brazil. People from Varian uh, talked about some competitions, and then we looked for and found you. So that's how we 
we discover it. So, and now we are uh, we are talking to people in Brazil, and I think in the next competitions you'll see a lot of teams from Brazil. Oh, good! Spread the word. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, we, we hope so. Uh, actually, the well, as you should know, there is another competition from Radiation Knowledge, people from Saudi Arabia, I think. And there are some 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 teams of Brazil that are participating now, but actually we think this this type of competition of pronoun is better. Uh, and the question of the time, this world competition in four hours, I think is the most real competition we can we can have. So I think that's the the, the, the better style for this competition. And the only problem for us in, in Brazil and maybe in coming countries is that our hardware sometimes are not so fast. So in this competition, we could uh, run only three optimizations. No. And maybe it's a problem for us, but I think it's very, very good to participate. But here for us, not a question of hardware, but we have only one station, calculation station, so we don't have a, a big server. To can share the calculation, and I think it, it's it, uh, it takes a more time to calculate. No, we only have one computer calculating. It's like a standalone station. Oh, that's an interesting point. You know, John. Uh, so you guys, are, both teams, you use Eclipse, and the delivery systems are also varying. John, can you describe uh, your setup in terms of? Probably it's the optimizer and the dose calc that could be spread across multiple computers. So, John, do you have the benefit yeah. of spreading that out when you use it? Yeah, so we have a full-scale setup, which runs over Citrix. So we have eight different servers, and each server, I think, can handle four different uh, optimizations at a time. So is it safe to say that was a nice advantage for you during the World Championship? Oh, yeah, oh, okay. definitely. I mean, to do the calculation was just around a minute. And then, I mean, it optimizes pretty quickly in version 13, at least with the dose engine we have and all the other computer aspects that I don't know the right words for. So William and his team said they had, what did you say, a chance for about three iterations of plans? Is that what you said? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, John said one minute. Our calculation takes around 20 minutes uh, or a oh, little goodness. bit more to half an hour. Wow. Uh, the calculation so, calculation itself. so the optimization, of course, we pause, we, like, we get some stops. But mm -hmm. uh, if it goes free, I think the optimization process uh, will take around, well, around half an hour because we use the intermediate dose. No? So. Okay, yeah, the intermediate dose slows it down a bunch then. We finished the, the third optimization with uh, two hours and 55 minutes, or, well, sorry, three hours and 50 minutes. Right at, <laughs> right at almost yeah. at the deadline, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had, I think, about a, a 40 to 50 percent of the final submissions all come in in the last five minutes. In fact, we added an extra five minutes on because there were so many coming in. So a lot oh, of really? people were at that. Now, now, now this is interesting. So I'm going to, on this topic, because I think it's important. So much of the treatment plan quality is still the, the skill of the planning team and how they know how to use their planning system. You can't just turn on the planning system and say, here are my goals and get the best possible plan. But what we're hearing he uh, here is the TPS probably sets the ceiling. 
but when we introduce this concept of time, the TPS is also going to determine what you can reach in that in that time span. So in the case of John, we had discussed earlier, he had already a score up to above a 138 within 90 minutes, but you, John, in that first 90 minutes and then over the course of four hours, how many plan iterations do you estimate you were able to do? So that first upload I did was the first optimization, just to get kind of a starting point. But then, I mean, to do a tweak and do like a new optimization would be about 10 or 15 minutes because I would just continue from the previous one. And so to open up the optimizer again and make a few adjustments, I mean, that would be 10 or 15 minutes. Didn't you change your setup? Sorry, could you say that again? Uh, did you change your setup uh, after the first optimization or you were no. changing like Once it started, it, I left my beams the way they were and didn't change that. So just somewhat made a <laughs> educated guess with what I thought would work and then never looked back. John, why don't you summarize that? You summarized it earlier. Why don't you summarize again for so because they're Eclipse users too. They'll understand your technique. Yeah, and so I like to do a split field approach to it where I'll have, say, one field with a collimator at 90 and do an upper section and then have a complementary beam focusing on the lower section. So that would have been two fields, but it's really one field if you think about it. And mm -hmm. then the same with a collimator of around zero. So I think I did maybe like a five plus or minus five degree collimator. Um, or no, yeah, five. So I had one with a collimator at five degrees focusing on one side and one with the collimator at 355 focusing on the other side when it rotates around. And I just put the isocenter pretty much in the middle. Okay. Um, and that's what I did for my beam selection there. So now the uh, well, William, what, tell us about your setup. I think both of you used what ended up being four four VMAT beams, four, arc. four arcs and the estimated yeah. beam uh, the estimated beam on time for each of you it was just four minutes with silver variant. That's not surprising. So it's really efficient. Your monitor units, I think Jonathan, yours were about 900 and something, and then Williams, yours were about 1,200. Also very efficient use of, of monitor units. So going back to the Brazilian team, how, how did you uh, manipulate the setups for your first few iterations? Yeah, I think our setup uh, was uh, not pretty much the same, but very similar. We used the four four arcs, uh, and the this strategy of collimator is n around 90, actually 95, 85, and to the larger portion, and then the, the upper bottom portions, and also collimator is five or uh, 355, uh, and taking care of the span, so not more than. Uh, 15 centimeters in X, and I just want to question Jonathan about the when you use the the arcs in with the collimator in five degrees. Uh -huh. If you use U15 or you use a, a smaller uh, X. Uh, yeah, so I would, on this one specifically, when I had like the collimator at five, I had one jaw stuck at X2, and then the other one was opened up um, eight centimeters. And then on the other one, X1 was at 2, and the other jaw was opened up about 10. So, yeah, so you use, the next field size was around 11. Okay. Yeah, because in, in, in theory, we can use our, uh, until 15, but sometimes I think it's better to use a little bit smaller, no? Yeah, I agree with that. LT spare stuff in the middle, too. 
Yeah, we, they we don't end up with floating MLCs. And as I told you before, uh, like we have uh, uh, only three or four uh, shots, so we try to to take a shift on the couch around five degrees, which is mm. treatable. So we tried like this, and I think uh, I don't know if the if it's the better solution, but the final setup uh, setup is with five degrees of couch for all of your arcs. Okay. No, 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 sorry. Uh, we have two arcs with the couch in zero and the other two arcs with uh, five degrees shift. Outside of plan studies, how do you discuss and get better? Uh, is it at conferences? Is it at training programs from the planning system? How do you get further and further along to produce better plans? We'll start with you, John. I think the first thing is you have to figure out what better means. Um, like if there's not a motivation to get better, then the odds of you getting better are pretty low. And so either new technology or hearing someone give a presentation on something you want to try or things like a plan study just where there is a metric set out for you to try to reach. Because, um, I mean, that is a really good question, though, because like better at what like making treatments more efficient like that's one thing you can try to get better at by cutting down monitor units or arcs um getting better at sparing things is another thing you can focus on and i mean that would just come from like finding out from the physicians what will actually make a difference like if we spare this five percent more does that make a difference or is that a waste of time and so i mean i think of like getting better i think of what will actually improve patient care yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I mean, sparing uh, things seems like a great idea, but if we're going to, if it increases our planning time a day, like, is that worth it? If the physician says, you know, sparing that a little more won't really do much. Um, but if we have an actual clinical goal given to us, um, I mean, then we invest the time in trying to figure out how to do that. Well, uh, I, I read this Jonathan's opinion somewhere, and I agree totally. And the most important, of course, make up uh, plans that are clinical uh, good and enough. And I think that this competition, you should reach something like the, the average, or a little bit more, around uh, 130 points, for example. And not, uh, it's not so important to reach uh, the total points. So. But some things are very simple and you can learn in this kind of competition like your setup or the colimators uh, or the size of the the jaws. And well, here in Brazil, we have uh, some groups of discussion in WhatsApp, for example. And we talk about this kind of tips and tricks for planning. And you see there you come very faster in getting good plans. So if your first plan is around, or, uh, for example, in this competition, with 155, for example, so you know you are in a very good way and you are making good plans from the beginning. So you come, in, and that's uh, it's more important in coming countries because we have a lot of volume of patients. So sometimes you have like two or three hours to make a very, very good plan for each patient. And so it's very important to, to improve your knowledge, to, to go quickly and well. 
and, and sorry about this, my if my English is not so clear. No, it's but great. I, it's I, great. You're yeah, it's great. crystal clear. No, that's that's interesting. So one to two hours per patient in in your real world. Yeah, and here and here in here in our service, we are in a very very good reality from Brazil, uh, for Brazil, uh, we have only uh, six or seven patients, but it's very common in Brazil. You have uh, 70 or 80 patients per machine. And so it's a, it's a very high volume. And we have a team which sometimes is very small. Like here, for example, we are only two physicists and only one dosimetrist for these two machines. Let me ask both of you something, because something came up here, and I think if I could summarize what Jonathan just said, it's something we say here at Prono all the time, and that is you can't improve what you don't measure. And I think then figuring it, so for a, a plan study, we'll put out a nice challenging algorithm for coverage and sparing. Each clinic is going to have their own goals, and we've heard their goals of, you know, practical planning time, of course, realistic and comfortable delivery time for your plans. So all of these things together are make up quality and then of course delivery accuracy. But you have to be measuring it and capturing. You have to be defining what good is. So I think that's a really good uh, tip. And then from what I heard from the Brazilian team is that um, you this type of, of, of time study makes a lot more sense for you because you don't have the luxury of being able to spend a day or two per plan to really fine-tune it. So with Prono, we always leave these plan studies open. So you can't submit anymore, but at any time, someone can go in and say, hey, can I improve my score? Or someone who didn't participate can go and say, I wonder what I would have scored. And we leave the scoring up and running forever. Um, for people who did participate the first time or didn't, and then they can compare their score against that population. So here's the question. Knowing that that's there and that's free through Prono for the public plan studies, is it possible or does it make sense that in the future, let's say, let's say it's a Brazilian uh, uh, initiative or here in the United States, it could be an Astro initiative or something or, or maybe AAPM, to go in and as part of your credentialing of your planners that you go in and, and document your performance against benchmarks and like William said you get you you're, you have a goal I want to be I, I will keep trying this until I get a, a plan that's the average score of the population or above is that something you think people in the world should be doing um, or and, and even beyond that do you think it should be required We'll start with the Brazilian team. Well, uh, well, I think I think it's it's a, it's a very good idea, and I think it works, and it's very important. Uh, something like this, and well, I can talk about people from Brazil, and I think that people would be very interested in, in something like this. I mean, I think it would be great if it was something that could be required. I mean, in the U.S., so to be certified as a dosimetrist, there's nothing actually verifying that you are making quality plans. That's and that's true in theory. I can add that there are a couple of the bigger dosimetry programs that, that use Prono and require a whole suite of plans for their students. And I think their students are doing really well when they hit the job market. So they they do internships, yeah. they're doing real plans, and they're actually scoring them. But But you're right, it's not right now required – even to maintain your CMD, there, there aren't these practical skills measures uh, 
Um, well, what yeah, do I mean anything by... that can measure skills seems like a good tool. No, what do you mean about be required? Required for for what specifically? Required for your certification. So in in the United States, like physicists, you have to give you board certified. Dosimetrists need a CMD, which is certified medical dosimetrist, yeah. to be yeah. part of your credentialing to allow you to do your job or to be on a certain pay scale, for example. Yeah, I got it. Because in Brazil, we have our certifications too, uh, and our in our reality, actually, uh, the physicists are the main planners. Of the, of the service and we don't have a, a specific certification uh, for those imitrists but well, even for the physicist uh, we have a certification but there is no kind of planning uh, or a metric to, to make good plans so sometimes it's dangerous Brazil is a very large, large country and we have a lot of services that are planning and make their case and nobody knows about it. Let me ask you this, William. Did did you and your team have any idea you would perform so well? So this was your first, not, so John, who's, he's done, he's, he's succeeded with Prono studies before. You, you guys registered, you signed up and you did amazingly well. Did you know you were going to do so well? Well, uh, actually, we were not sure we did so, so, so well. <laughs> we expected a little bit more, actually. <laughs> Um, but maybe, well, now now I'm very happy with that. But uh, we, we we believe we make good good plans, and uh, we believe that here in Brazil we have uh, a lot of good teams. But sometimes we we don't publish a lot. We have a question that's very important. That's the language because we speak Portuguese, and even if you speak Spanish, you you, you have more. Uh, more international uh, uh, groups like this, uh, but actually, yeah, we think we, we work very well here, and sometimes we need just to go outside and uh, exposure ourselves a little bit more. I'm glad you were, went in confident. I, I bet you probably would have gotten another point or two or three with faster, uh, with faster computing hardware at your disposal. So. That's another thing, and you know, maybe maybe if you get a little spare time, your team could try another iteration into it and see how much more you could have impacted your score. This is one specific problem of our service in Brazil. There are a lot of large services with a lot of computers that are better, uh, but this is our specific issue here. I think it's a great perspective. I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because it it does bring into the fold this concept that your technology does matter. I, I always think the technology, so that would be your computing power, but also your optimization capabilities, the the dose calc accuracy, that's going to be provided by the vendor. And that, that sets your ceiling. That will yeah, define yeah. how high can you go. But how close you get to the ceiling is primarily determined by the humans and how they can run that machine. So we've had here a great discussion between some of the highest performers. We've got a team in Brazil got team in South Carolina, but photons are the same everywhere and cancer is the same everywhere. <laughs> and so we are part of a community. And so I hope this is the beginning of, of many discussions in the future where now maybe through Prono and through plan studies, we can just start talking more and see what good things happen. So I really appreciate your time today and thanks for everything that you do.
Fraction is a Prono Systems production. If you have ideas for a future topic, something you'd like us to explore, or a story that you would like to tell right here on the show, then by all means let us know. We want to hear from you. Thank you.